Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Friday, the 31st of July, 2020. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm guessing at some point you have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ presented to other people. And you have heard a a pastor or a preacher or an evangelist giving some kind of call for people to respond to the message that was given. What do those calls normally look like? Sometimes there's phrases or or things said that uh, aren't necessarily unbiblical, but might not be the most helpful just because they're not very clear as to what is meant. You know, maybe you'll hear somebody, you know, call for people to ask Jesus into their heart or to, you know, walk an aisle or to repeat this prayer after me. And in and of themselves, none of those things are bad. The question is, what is meant by what you are being said? What is the substance of what they are being called to do? And you might hear calls to respond that are more substantive than, than that. Maybe you'll hear the preacher call for people to put their trust in Christ, a more clear and explicitly biblical thing that sinners are called to do, that we are called to believe in Jesus Christ, to trust him, to put our faith in him. Maybe you'll hear pastors call people to confess their sins or to turn from their sins and to trust in Christ. These are biblical Things that we know the Bible calls sinners to do in response to the gospel. But it is not very often that you will hear a preacher today call people to respond like Jesus does in our passage today in the gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 9 verses 18 through 27. And what we're going to see is Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. That was Jesus's call to people in response to the gospel. He was saying, come deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. And the people that were listening, which it seems here is the disciples, um, they're not thinking about, oh, I should wear a cross necklace. No, they, the cross was not a symbol to them on a you know, Christian flag or a, a jewelry symbol that you know, many people would proudly wear or a memorial symbol that you'd see in, in graveyards all over the world. Now, to them, the cross was an instrument of torture and execution. That is what Jesus was calling them to. Saying, hey, if you want to come and follow me, You're going to have to take up your cross. And he doesn't even just say, take up your cross. He says, take up your cross daily. The call to Christianity, the call to follow Christ is a call to die. It is a call to give up our life for the sake of Christ. And again, that's probably something that we don't talk about enough today in Christian circles, but it's something that we see Jesus talk about often. And Jesus talks about it clearly. If you want to come after Christ, take up your cross and follow him. And what does that mean? Does that mean we all go volunteer to be martyrs? No, 
But it means that there is, I mean, the great phrase in that verse is that we must deny ourselves. That when I follow Christ, my life is no longer about me. The old me is dead. It is gone. As we saw recently in Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ. And so this doesn't mean in a literal sense that we are to be crucified, but that our old self, our old desires is called to be crucified, to be let go of. Now, this may seem like a a high bar, but this is what Jesus calls us to. Have you responded to Christ by denying yourself and taking up your cross daily to follow him? That is what Jesus calls us to in his call to discipleship. It's a call of a full allegiance to him, not just tacking Jesus on, you know, as some symbolic gesture to our life, not trusting in, well, I prayed a prayer once upon a time, so I know that I am saved. But no, my old self is is gone and I have given my life to Christ and I will follow him taking up my cross every day single day. And again, as Christians, we are not perfect in that, but that should be the cry of our hearts and the direction of our lives. And there's a couple things to note about that that surround this. That call to discipleship is immediately preceded by Jesus talking about his own death. So Jesus is really calling us to follow his pattern, which was death followed by resurrection. And that's what we see as a Christian life. This this isn't a downer. Whoa, that's intense. I got to take up my cross. No, this is a good thing because it says for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Jesus is saying, no, this is a good thing that you would take up your cross because when you do that, you will find real life eternal life. Isn't that worth it? Isn't that what we want? So this is surrounded by Jesus setting the example. And then even there, a promise of reward that giving up our life leads to salvation. And again, this is never meant to teach any form of works righteousness that, hey, if you go out and you make enough sacrifice and you do enough good things, you can be saved. But it helps us understand, we often use the words repentance and faith to describe what is called on us in the response to the gospel. But Jesus would say, hey, that repentance and faith is going to look like you taking up your cross. To repent means I'm turning, I'm done. I'm giving the keys over to a new master, Jesus Christ. And I am trusting in him, not just as my savior, but as my Lord and my leader, I will follow him. This is the biblical call to discipleship and an important thing for us to be reminded of today, even as we think through our own lives. And if you are listening to this and you realize I have never done that, I have never fully committed my life to Christ and truly committed to follow him, not just to, you know, accept that I like what he did, but to truly follow him and die to myself and my old way of life, then today needs to be that day for you. And as Christians, we should all be reminded that this is what we are called to do every day. 
And as we think about that, we're actually going to see some good examples in Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians chapter 2, today we read verses 12 through 30. Verses 12 through 30. And Pastor Charlie is going to teach on verses 12 to 18 this Sunday at Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley. And I'd love to invite you to join us there, whether in person or online, to hear that passage of Scripture taught. But I want to direct your attention to verses 19 through 30 and two examples that we see there. We see the examples of Timothy and the examples of Epaphroditus. And I want to show you how these guys were living out that call to discipleship of taking up their crosses to follow Christ. Paul says of Timothy that he wants to send him to the church at Philippi. Why? Verse 20, for I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. So he says what's, what's valuable about Timothy is he genuinely cares about people. Most people, they genuinely care about themselves. But this Timothy guy, he, he cares about Jesus Christ. And because he cares about Jesus Christ, he genuinely cares about you. If you're a Christian, that's one way God is calling you to take up your cross today is to genuinely care about other people around you. I mean, don't you appreciate when people genuinely care about you? When they ask how you're doing and you know that they mean it? When they reach out to you and they say that they're praying for you and you know that that means you're you're really on their heart? They genuinely care about you? Well, who knows that you genuinely care about them? And remember, you you can't just show someone that you genuinely care for them. You have to actually, you know, genuinely care for them. And I'd encourage you today to examine your own heart and look at the people around you and your family and your church and your community and ask, God, do I search my heart? Do I genuinely care for these people? And then we see another example, a man named Epaphroditus, who Paul talks about as a fellow soldier and a fellow minister and worker and how he was sick. And somehow we see this seems to be tied to him serving Christ because it says in verse 30 that this guy Epaphroditus, he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. That a genuine care for others and a genuine response to Christ saying, I will take up my cross and follow him will at some point or in some occasions call even us to take risks whether that's financial or even in this case, a physical risk, risking his life to serve the cause of Christ. May we be people who have truly responded to the gospel and to Jesus Christ's call for discipleship. And may we show that today in the amount of care that we show for other people and even the amount of risk that we are willing to take to serve others for the sake of Christ. Now let's go to the Old Testament where 2 Chronicles 29 and 30 is our reading today. And here we're going to see King Hezekiah, who after a very bad king, King Ahaz, now King Hezekiah has taken the throne and he is going to seek God. And one thing that I want you to notice from this passage today is how quickly things can change and how quickly even a society can change. In one generation, Ahaz was, was a terrible king. It says, though, his father Jotham did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. But now Hezekiah takes over. And what I want you to notice is how bad things have gotten. In chapter 29, verses 6 and 7, as Hezekiah is, is calling the, the people and especially the priests to cleanse the temple, 
He says, For our fathers have been unfaithful and have done what is evil in the sight of the Lord our God. They have forsaken him and have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and turned their backs. They also have shut the doors of the vestibule and put out the lamps and have not burned incense or offered burnt offerings in the holy place to the God of Israel. This incense was something that was supposed to be burning every day. But no, this generation, they had shut the doors of the temple and turned their backs on God's dwelling place. Even in chapter 30, we see them celebrating Passover. And in chapter 30, verse 5, it says they make this proclamation that they were going to keep the Passover to the Lord. And then the verse ends, for they had not kept it as often as prescribed. This was supposed to happen every year. This was supposed to be a big and epic national holiday, but they hadn't been celebrating it. I mean, can you imagine us going a few years without celebrating Thanksgiving or Christmas or the 4th of July? You're thinking that'd be crazy. That's what was happening in Israel. They had rejected God, but now Hezekiah, he is restoring worship in the temple with the daily offerings and incense and through the Passover. We wrap up today in Psalm 90, and I think this psalm is really going to encourage you as we look over it on the last two days of this week. We live in a year where things are tumultuous, right? Where, where, where so much is going on and it's, it's hard to even keep track of everything that's going on. Well, that's how Moses feels as he's writing Psalm 90. He, he says that we are brought to an end by your anger. By your wrath, we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. In verse three, he says that God is returning man to dust. In verse five, he says, you sweep them away. You're sweeping the years and and the days away as with a flood. They're like a dream. That's how he describes the time that he is living in. But what does he do in a tumultuous time? Look at verses one and two. Lord You have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. When things were crazy, when it felt like everything was just being swept away like a flood, Moses takes comfort in the fact that God has always been there, and he will always be and that he is the Lord, and that he even is our dwelling place. In a time of of tumult, in a time when things are crazy, I hope you today find refuge, find encouragement from the God who always was, who always is, and who always will be God on the throne and in control. And may we see that there is nothing better in life than for us to take up our cross and follow him. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.